we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. Twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, plus also Swag Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, you know, Joe, whenever he decides to get off the boat and get off the island, Catalina Island, you know he likes to go ahead and talk about the Lakers at LakersBall.com. It's Oxide 47. And speaking of which, when he gets off the island, he goes back to his place of work, which is Symbolates. Symbolates with a Y.com. If you want to go ahead and get your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, and you live in the Southern California area, please go ahead and hit up Joe today so he can, he can afford more trips to Catalina Island. Symbolates. Symbolates with a Y.com. Plus also as well, Lakerholics.com. You know Laker Tom, he's tweeting everywhere at Laker Tom, but he also is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. It is Laker Tom. And also as well, our good friend Jamie Sweet performing right now on stage. He's going to try to make it after he gets off stage, after what he said, as soon as I'm finished with my gig, he'll come over and join us on the show, hopefully. And you can go ahead and catch what he has to say on his five things articles right there for you at Lakerholics.com. I don't know if they're feuding still. Maybe Jamie on tonight on his set on stage, you know, when he does his, his playing the guitar and all that, you know, maybe when he he was maybe, you know, singing a love song to Laker Tom. So we'll see. I'll go ask him when he, you know, comes here hopefully tonight. But you can always go ahead and hit him up today at Lakerholics.com. Plus also... Our good friend, John McCallion. John McCallion, he has a great YouTube channel, 50 pounds down, 80 pounds to go. He also has some great conversations in store for you on his YouTube channel. Speaking of YouTube, please, we're almost at 9.30. We need to get to 1,000. Just 71 more to go, 71 more subscribers to get us that magical 1,000 point where everybody in YouTube, all those videos, there's instructional videos and all that stuff they say oh the first thousand's tough the toughest but you're good it's all after that it's easy peasy after that you'll get lots of subscribers after that so if that's the case i'm gonna hold him to it and say you gotta help us get to a thousand and afterwards it's all easy peasy from there but you can go ahead and just click on joe's bdis below sean today get the latest notifications or where we go live on the air right here at the lakers fast break I do want to make mention, I did not mention the Upside Swings podcast, which we normally have with Stone Hansen. I do want to mention that uh, uh, one more time, they did come out with a new episode, the guys at Upside Swings, but they did announce that right now they're going forward, they're going without Stone Hansen. So that probably means Stone Hansen is going to take some time off from the realm of basketball. Uh, I did speak to him last week, and uh, we did have a conversation. I told him he is always welcome here. We have truly and immensely appreciated every single bit of things that he has done, his advice, his his analysis, whether it's on the games, whether it's on the draft choices, whether it's on the coach, everything that he's done for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. We are truly indebted to him. I told him then, and I told him every time, I I told him live as well when he was here at the Thomas & Mack in Vegas, you're, you're welcome. The welcome mat is always here for you, my friend. Just go ahead and please, if you ever have the love for basketball, if you still want to go ahead and have that love for the Lakers and express it, you know we're always right here for you at the Lakers Fast Break. So, again, 
If Stone's taking some time off, which he did not say yes or, or no, he would, but I kind of got in the inference today on the Upside Swings podcast, then my friend, if you're listening or if this message gets to you, just know we are indebted to you and we always will welcome you back right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Mickey C., we're not going to put up with your stuff today. We do love you. We do appreciate you joining us. But come on. We're not going to talk about that stuff today right there. Please go ahead and like, subscribe to, to get the latest notifications on when we go live in the air. Latest Lakers Fast Break. It's so funny. We've got the world's greatest Lakers chat room right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But as soon as we get rid of one troll, another troll comes in there. So, yes. And we so we just exit out that other troll. This is like one comes in. We take out, we take one out. The trash goes out, the trash comes back in, so we have to take it out again. So you know what? Still, regardless, we still have the best Lakers chat room that's out there. That is the Lakers fast break. You know, if Sean, I'll just say this before I give you the proper introduction. If the if the question is, if the trolling question is who is the cutest Lakers player, that's pretty minor league from what we've dealt with over the past year, that's for sure to come with it like that's not even that's not even a slider to us like that's like that's like some weird knuckleball you're just serving up like come on man that's like low level low league troll just enjoy the show yeah Yeah, just just enjoy enjoy the show and let's talk about some good stuff when it comes to the lakers we've over the past year we've had it all right here at the lakers fast break so tell you what though it is great to have you here mickey c and great to have everyone here at the Lakers fast break, we'll be talking Torian Prince, talking about the well, him here being an addition to the Lakers, the good parts, the bad parts about bringing him here. So we'll see what happens with the Torian Prince. We're going to go ahead and talk about today, plus a minor change to the two-way contracts. So we'll talk about that on the show as well. But here today, good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to put on some fly headphones and of course he's got the awesome lakers uniform with him as well it is a good man indeed it is the magic man sean grice and sean you notice i did not give an intro truly to joe sorrow aka ox1947 who is on him as he mentioned a catalina island tour my friend you could either give a gilligan joke in there somehow somewhere you know three hour tour but the word what he said about when he talked about, you know, of course, what I was saying about you know, Catalina Island, the word that came to mind for me, my, my friend, dinghy. Why did dinghy come to mind for me? I don't know. But good to have you here, my friend, nonetheless. Gerald, uh, I have to say that was excellent timing. Um, it couldn't have been done better. Um, and it was on the nose. Wow. Yes. Um, he, he might he might be at the he might be at the Catalina wine mixer, Mickey. Mikey, he might be there. He might be. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Hey, Joe, yeah. Joe enjoys the finer things in life: caviar, yeah. foie gras. Um, I went there a prob- long time ago as a kid. I, I remember being fun when I went there as a kid, but that was like decades ago. So I'm assuming it's still fun out there. It's a little tiny little island out there. It takes about an hour to get there. It's a really cool place, from what I remember. Yeah, I, I could picture him like, drinking like a, a $35,000 glass of Merlot and calling it uh, bathtub water. Well, there he is. Joe's in the chat right now. Joe, 
uh, according to our email, because everybody doesn't get to see our emails, thank goodness for that. But <laughs> <laughs> I think what Laker Nick was trying to say was that they're copying our material because they're now doing a Cam Reddish profile, which we did yesterday. So that was yesterday's news for us, literally. So that's what what I think he meant was that they're doing a Cam Reddish pro profile on tonight's show because they have nothing else original. So they see what else is going because I know my stuff as far as the Lakers fast break podcast that also gets into the feeds. Like for instance, feed spot sends us an email of all the Lakers related shows each and every day. They send me that, that and I, they probably get the same emails that I do. So they see that I touched on cam reddish yesterday. So guess what? They're going to touch on it today. So yeah, that's just how they are. Just unoriginal. There you go. Just lame AF guys, lame AF. Like, honestly, like if you, if you want to get on this bandwagon, that's fine. Just be honest about it and just tell us that you're just taking our stuff and calling it your own. Not cool. Not cool. Until Wild says, Trevor says, Trevor Lane, of course, I think he's referring to said, if he's ever sees Joe's in public, Joe in public, he's going to, lost internet signal so there you go that's, that's i think he i think he he will dive into whatever dumpster or garbage can is nearby because he could fit in any compact one he, you know what we should be so hard you know he is a lakers fan you know he, he just lacks some personality that's what we that's why people gravitate towards us because we have some personalities on this program and that's why we do welcome you and thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Maybe they don't like the normal, usual shtick that Laker Nation, Locked on Lakers, uh, you know, whatever Lakers basketball shows that they listen to. They don't, you know, have the je ne sais quoi that we do. So, you know what? If you do, that's why you're here. We truly appreciate it and cannot thank you enough for stopping by here, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But First, before we get into Torian Prince and the addition of Torian Prince here, my friend, there was a small addition as far as to be made. We did expect one, but kind of a little bit surprising on the other. The not so surprising part was that the team waived Cole Swider earlier today. The guy can hit threes at a 40% plus clip, but unfortunately, it's just not athletic, can't give you much else. And unfortunately, at the NBA level, he's just... I don't know if he'll feel ever stick full time in the NBA. I just think maybe he's like right on that fringe. Maybe he can give you a few games here or there, but basically Cole Swider, I think will probably have a very tough time staying in the NBA. He may get mm-hmm. a cup of coffee here or there, but I think uh, maybe G league or Europe might be his ultimate destination, but your thoughts on Cole Swider as we say goodbye to him. Uh, or maybe he'll actually stay on the team as far as the South Bay Lakers is concerned, just so that he'll get some reps so it look good to other teams so that they can go ahead and maybe possibly pick him up. There's an injury or whatnot, or maybe he'll land on another training camp team. But your thoughts on Cole Swider before we head over to who we did pick up or who we did bump up to a two-way contract. Yeah, you know something, Gerald does. Uh, we watched him progress last year. We We often said, you know, he could really shoot the ball. He's got nice size for a wing. He's 6'9", but the athletic uh, ability just isn't there. Um, It it looks like he's got uh, galoshes or or cement at the bottom of his sneakers sometimes when he's trying to scurry around the perimeter. Um, It's awkward. 
Um, but as uh, we kept repeating, if he if he could shoot the ball and play marginal defense, you know, he, he could find his way as a role player in the NBA. But like like you said, Gerald, I think he's gonna uh, latch on to uh, a G League team and uh, try and uh, make his way up, up the hard way uh, rather than a two way. Uh, I think he's just going to be sign a G League contract and try and make it the hard way. And like you said, I think he's he's willful enough and determined enough to try and get a cup of coffee in the NBA. I think that will happen for him. I just I'm with you. I I just don't see the consistency there yet. But uh, Cole's only 24. Nobody's a finished product at 24 as a person or a basketball player. So. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I wish him luck in the future. And uh, if he does ever play in the NBA, I do wish him a lot of luck, just not when he's ever playing the Lakers. Well, it's the same situation as Matt Ryan, uh, you know, as far as the way he won a game for us, but he could not consistently stay on the floor, even if that was the case. And we saw him get waived. He got picked up by Minnesota. Played a little bit for them, but unfortunately, again, a situation where he cannot consistently stay on the floor due to his lack of athleticism, just being not being able to defend on the perimeter, as you're talking about. So I see a lot of similarities to Cole Swider. So if Cole Swider can hit at a 40 to even 45% clip from three, that might always give him a chance to stay at the back end of someone's roster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can make the big shots um, when your number is called or when the ball is in your hands, you'll find minutes. You'll find a way to carve uh, an impact into the NBA game drilled. But you just you got to work for it when uh, when you've been released by by a, an eminent team right here. You got to have a real big chip on your shoulder. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Hopefully, you know, Captain Joe Soro will get off the little boat, the, you know, the SS Minnow, and may be able to go ahead and join us. Also as well, when he gets off stage performing, maybe Jamie Sweet can go ahead and do that as well. But it is the Lakers fast break. And again, the individual we talked about being waived, Cole Swider, gets replaced on one of the two-way contracts that we have. He gets bumped up from an Exhibit 10. It is Alex Fudge. And your thoughts, though, now, that gives the Lakers, again, three two-way contracts in order to keep the three two-way contracts you have to have 15 rostered players by the start of the season so first off before we get into what this all means as far as him being replaced uh, you know replacing Cole Swider and still maintaining three two-ways as of now your thoughts on Alex Fudge himself I, I you know Stone said it best 
probably one of the worst, if not the worst offensive player as far as that he's ever done any type of scouting on in, in all of his years, which doesn't tell you much. We, I saw him live on two occasions uh, and I didn't get much better imprint on that. I saw him actually blow a layup and then a blow a slam dunk back to back on the same play, which again, it was something with his athletic gifts kind of really surprised me there. And defensively, he reminds me a lot of Jared Vanderbilt, but right now, my friend, his ceiling as an offensive player would be Jared Vanderbilt. And that's not good at all. Yeah, no, absolutely not, Gerald. Um, like he's, like Stone said, I mean, and Stone's not one for uh, hyperbole or exaggeration. He is salt to the earth, soup to nuts, bare bones, just what he sees. And like you said, Gerald, he's repeated himself. The worst offensive player I've ever had to scout, ever. Um, and your your story is a is a great anecdote into why. I I remember in that in one summer league game, he actually blew a layup and a dunk. It just wasn't on the same possession. It was on consecutive possessions. But uh, Gerald, I think he had about a handful of uh, opportunities just to make a simple layup and transition during the summer league. And he missed all of them. He missed all of them. It looked like he, he had more trouble outside of three feet than Wenyan Gabriel does. And that should alarm people um, because as Gerald has often said about Wenyan Gabriel, heart, heart of gold and, really gives a lion's effort, but just so limited offensively. And Fudge is more limited than Gabriel. Again, that would be the ceiling for Fudge at this point in time is to have the offensive game that Winnie and Gabriel or Jared Vanderbilt has. And that's not, I mean, that's just a reality. I'm trying, sorry if it comes off a little bit mean, but right now that's where he is in his development. And that's kind of sad because this is not a guy, this is not a one and done player, my friend. This is someone that's a four year player coming out of Florida and really it just someone who could really do some great things defensively if he does get into the league at some point but the problem is his offensive game is always going to be the his Achilles heel yeah I I mean Gerald if uh if we have to look at maybe a, a comp and you know we try not I to said do... Vanderbilt yeah yes but I'm talking about in terms of um, of your great off your great defense is offset by your terrible inefficient offense and uh, different position but very similar. But he did play in the league. He's not in it now. Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina mm-hmm. uh, wasn't a very adept offensive player, Gerald. But he was. Uh, able to secure minutes in a rotation because his defense was so menacing. Tony um, Allen would be someone I would actually, if you really want to go down that road. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's probably the best of the best, but even, even, uh, even Tony Allen could get, could uh, put the ball on the floor and get to the bucket once in a while, if he had to um, Alex fudge, that would be a monumental task and one he's not prepared for Gerald. And that's just no, he says him yet. Yeah, not yet. I think he needs a lot of uh, time 
in South Bay with developmental coaches. And Gerald, if you want, if you, if your only uh, skill set is defense, then you have to be at, at least uh, either an above average to a great offensive rebounder. And he's not that either. So um, he's going to have to find ways to uh, do the dirty work to get noticed, I think, in, in order to – like he's not going to play at all in the league this year. There's just no way. He's just too raw offensively. There's just nothing to work with. He's he's clay right now offensively, Gerald. You can mold him into something. I agree with you there. But right now it's just you can't make – anything out of that right now the thing i want to ask you though is the lakers again that leaves them with again three two-way players and in order to keep all three two-way players you've got to fill up 15 rots roster spots up there before the season starts which leads me to the conclusion that we could go right back down as far as going ahead and maybe either getting two players to fill those roles bumping up two players from the two-way roles and putting them in those slots. Or basically it's just just through camp to give him an extended look and a little bit more pay than what you get on Exhibit 10 and then deciding whether or not you want to go ahead and cut him or put him back on Exhibit 10. I don't know. I, I don't know what the options are. If you can do that, revert him back. If it doesn't work out and you don't want to fill the 15th spot. But you tell me what the, the mindset of the Lakers could actually be by making this maneuver and bumping up from an exhibit 10 to a two-way for Alex Fudge. Yeah. Interesting there, Gerald. I I think the the simplest explanation um, for all this would be if uh, internally, if Demoy Hodge keeps shooting um, at, uh, at the crater pace that he is, I mean, he's just bombing away. He'll secure a a contract, uh, with the Lakers, Gerald. There's just no question about it. Uh, given the fact that he's such a heady player, uh, very smart, um, continues to shoot well, I- I'm not deterred by the fact that he's 24, going to be 25 in December. If he's shooting like that, it, there's no deterrence to his age. Uh, none. Um, so that leaves then one spot, and uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, I think uh, the man who shall not be named is just, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to end up a Laker at this point. Um, I think we said that about a week ago. It just seems that the more the days drag on, it, that's that's uh, a less likely outcome Um as well. So I think internally, I think Hodge will eventually get one of those spots, Gerald, because I'm just confident in his ability to uh, stay hot from beyond the arc and find a way to be a smart defender and stay on the floor. The other spot, I'm not too sure. Uh, I'd really, I wouldn't want to bump Castleton up to uh, a standard NBA contract yet, Gerald, because you just don't know uh, which way he's going to go as far as development's concerned. And if you still have him on that two-way, if you still have him on that two-way, uh, you, you You could have... be right, Samir. You could be right, based on if you listened to us yesterday on who is Cam Reddish on our show there. <laughs> if you keep him on that two-way, uh, you create uh, – ju- there's just more optionality for him and for you. And um, 
you know, it, it just seems like that's that's the way it's going to go with Colin. As far as Fudge goes, Gerald, yeah, it's that that's interesting. I mean, you can you can bump them bump them off the team basically. I think only two ways. It's seventy five k that's guaranteed. So, I mean, if you wanted to eventually bump them at the last minute, you could. Um, I, it's not really in the Lakers. Uh, practice to do that they usually if if they if they're usually fair with people so if a guy wants an opportunity or is is not getting it with the lakers they usually find a way to work things out but again i think fudge is um fudge is a limited two-way player gerald and i think that uh it's it's a it's an iffy two-way like he could be slotted in there he could be slotted out i don't think uh that position is secured for him. I just think I just think it's very telling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, maybe they wanted to get the kid some more money before they decide whether or not they want to keep him or waive mm-hmm. him in camp. That may come down to it. Again, it all depends on what the what the signals. If you if you try to read between the tea leaves, my friend, this could mean that again that the Lakers are serious about bringing up maybe well if they get a Wood or someone else as far as Biombo mm-hmm. or somebody else, you know, another center stiff to come in there for lack of a better term because pretty much all the rest are out there are you know what would be phrased as stiffs but you know if you ever get someone to go ahead and be a backup center a big man to go ahead and be on the roster as a 14th guy it sounds more and more like you then you have the two slots there you've freed yourself up from that but it just seems to me like the possibilities there more and more that they're eyeing a Castleton or a Demoy Hodge bump up to a regular contract. Yeah, that's what I see as well. Um, again, which it, which it, to me, I, I kind of I I kind of get irritated. I don't know, not irritated, but it kind of concerns me because you have the capability to move these two way guys anytime during the season to bump them up to a full year contract. That's regard, mm-hmm. you know, as they get closer to that 40, 45 game limit. To me, I think it'd be wise just to go ahead and, and sneak that route. But then again, by moving Alex Fudge into a two-way contract, it kind of you know either shows your hand or basically shows some goodwill to Alex Alex Fudge's agent and, and whatnot. So yeah, I, I and Gerald, we know that uh, you know Rob Palinka was a former agent. That's a great point you're making. You know, there's a lot of business relationships that come mm-hmm. from networking and. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Uh, I, the Exhibit right. 10 does not pay much. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So if he does get bumped up to a, a two-way, that's more guaranteed money for Alex Fudge. Gerald is correct. Yep. So uh, I, I think that's the simplest explanation right now, Gerald, is that, yeah, they're, they're just I think this is just kind of relationship building between Palenka and an agent and look and other agents looking and seeing what's happening. So I, I I'm with you there. I, I, that's what it looks like. The optics, the yeah. optics just focal in on, on that particularly good point, Gerald. Well, just because the exhibit 10, what it does, it allows you the opportunity when a space is available or you make a space available to put them into a two way situation. It's like, it's like somebody coming out of the bull, bullpen to come into your two-way slot. So that's mm-hmm. what the Exhibit 10 is all about. It's kind of like he is part of the Lakers, but only on the fringe. 
because you have to make a maneuver. You have to get him on the roster, decide what you want to do with him before the season starts. And that's what the exhibit 10 is all about. So it's kind of like a temporary hold on a player saying, we know we don't want you to be a free agent, but we're not sure we're going to be commit to you a hundred percent either. So I think that's what, so that's basically what the exhibit 10 is all about, but it's very, very interesting to see the games that are going on. And again, as of right now, you have three two-way contracts and you'd only have 13 slots filled. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Lakers decide to do. They're obviously pleased enough with Alex Fudge that they're willing to go to bring him to camp, bring him into training camp on a two-way, seeing if it'll pan out. So at least they're going ahead as far as eyeing him. I don't see everything that they see in Alex Fudge because, again, you know, he did have some athleticism and can't play a little bit of D, but he didn't play enough strong enough D in that environment, which is really hard to do for a defensive player, mm-hmm. defensive-minded yes. player in that type of environment at Summer League. I'll give you that. But I don't know if I saw enough to go ahead and say, yeah, I think he's going to be a great part of the Lakers' future. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. And, and you're right about the, 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 the defense as well because the most uh, – the most hyped and uh, vaunted defensive player in the draft, Kassan Wallace, struggled uh, a lot during summer league as far as being a defensive presence. And, but offensively, uh, Kassan Wallace was actually giving them some a lot of high spots and surprises. So uh, he, they he were, was, he was. They were very I, excited about that. Yeah, definitely. But Gerald's right. It's it's really hard to uh, showcase uh, your defensive aptitude if you were in summer league because. There are, you know, 10 fouls given, so uh, they have a lot of leeway as far as, you know, defensive lapses and uh, struggles. So uh, uh, Gerald's right about about the defensive, uh, you know, lack of, you know, um, kind of attention more so. It's more offensive, uh, more showcasing athletic ability. So, yes, I, I think that's true, Gerald. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. I truly appreciate it. But it is our talk about Torian Prince. Torian Prince comes over as a grizzled veteran. For His last stop was with Minnesota, uh, playing a role off the bench for them. I want to go ahead and touch on some things with you now, Sean. This is part of the free agent haul that we got. I thought was, again... All these players seem to fit a niche either with some promise that you see from Cam Reddish, as we talked about on yesterday's show, and what we'll talk about with Jackson Hayes, or you have you know veteran players who know how to get it done and who does you know you don't expect a whole lot from them, but you don't you know you're not going to be disappointed with the returns that they're most likely going to give to you. And when it comes to Torian Prince, my friend, he does have a career with. For this will be his fifth NBA team from what I'm seeing. So what I'm asking you here is, again, 38% free, uh, three-point shooting, about nine points a game. He only got a, a right around uh, right about 22 minutes a game. So it's something where he's not going to play a huge role, but as a seventh, eighth guy off the bench that can play on the wing and can hit an outside shot. He mm-hmm. said his goal to hit it with the Lakers to hit above 40% from the three-point line. So, you know, he's motivated to do that. I, I see him as a, as a player before we're going to get into good. That has some good attributes. 
he actually shot pretty well from the field overall, 46%, almost 47% from as far as the field goal. So he's hitting a lot more twos than what he was doing in the past. Your thoughts on Torian Prince and his arrival for the Lakers? Yeah, uh, but before we start the conversation, Gerald, I'd like to ask you a question. Good but, free thrower too, by the way. Eighty yeah. percent free thrower. Yeah. So what's what's your definition specifically of a volume three point shooter? Put a number on it. Uh, I'd say per six. game. Yeah, six. Uh, I'd say I'd say five to six, uh, but more on more on the high end. So. If you split the difference there, five and a half. One every three or four minutes. Yes. If you take one every three to four minutes, you're in there. That's the man's average. He's uh, the only season he didn't average less than six three-point attempts was his rookie year. So he is, by definition, a volume three-point shooter. If you look at his career statistics, over half of his shots have been three-point attempts. Now, he's not, quote-unquote, talked about – as a three-point shooter, he's he's been more described as a three and D, Gerald. But last year, because Minnesota made so many moves, they were re- re- more reliant on Prince as a three-point shooter above anything else. Because other than Carl Anthony Towns, the best three-point shooter on the Wolves was Torian Prince. The thing I ask you though is. He's here, and he signed a four and a half million dollar contract, which was the MLE for the. Excuse me, was wasn't the MLE, but it was it was a a veterans uh, contract that was that was above the veterans minimum. Yeah, the so biannual exception. Yeah, the biannual exception. Just off the top of my head, I forgot what that was. The biannual exception that he signed for four and a half million, which is great. I think he's on a good value contract. If he gives you what he gave you last year or what he's given you in the past, he's still not in his 30s yet, so it's a really good sign that he can give you a little bit more. He's going to be in his age 28-29 season. The thing that's bothering me, though, when it comes to it, $10 million was, was going, what he was supposed to be picking up as far as a team option if Minnesota wanted to. And after a season where he got 38% from three, where he did shoot not too bad from overall over the field. He only gave you limited minutes, but still he gave you some, some pretty good stats there. And again, a good free throw shooter as well. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough for him for, for in Minnesota's mind to justify giving him 10 million. So they let him go, obviously giving the Lakers the opportunity to go ahead and sign there for a much lesser rate. What do you think was the fallout and the reasons why he was not, uh, you know, someone that they didn't want to go ahead and continue on in a Minnesota uniform? Yeah, you, um, you know, something, Gerald. I think um, even though I already know one of the answers, but I just don't. I want to make sure you find. Um, you know, Gerald. Uh, one of uh, the interesting aspects of this whole situation is there's kind of like two Torian Prince experiences as a as a wolf. Uh, there's the one where he had a bunch load of menacing perimeter defenders that he complimented. He wasn't asked to be a Pat Beverly or a Jared Vanderbilt. Those were the two most ferocious defenders that the Wolves had. And you add in Carl Anthony Towns, you add in another guard, and all they really needed uh, Torian Prince do was complement their offense and complement their defense. Chris Finch, in that situation, didn't ask Torian Prince to do more than he can, which is what he was asked to do this past year. 
Torian Prince is a good 3 and D guy when he's got a complement of defenders around him. Free Smoke is right. They let him go because of McDaniels, but here's the thing, Free Smoke. McDaniels couldn't shoot his way out of uh, out of a are you sure on that? Uh, yeah. Well, he shot forty percent. He shot forty. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We're talking about we're talking about a year or two ago. We're not talking about now. He he struggled. He struggled. That's why they needed Prince out there because he they had Malik Beasley on the perimeter and they had Torian Prince. Those are the two guys they relied on. Oh yeah, two years ago, two years ago he was awful, but last year he shot forty percent from the field. Right, last year he did. Last year he did, but the year before he did struggle, and that's why yeah. they needed Torian Prince there because he provided the cushion. When so McDaniels... once he improved his shooting before he broke his hand, you're saying that's why they no longer needed Torian Prince. Well, didn't he provide the best of both worlds for that team, Gerald? Because Malik Beasley couldn't defend himself out of a paper bag, and, 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 he is. and McDaniel's he... couldn't shoot his way out of a out of a bad situation and the so, reason and the reason i'll go into this go ahead finish up and i will go into yeah, the reason I, also I was why. just gonna say prince was prince was kind of the the level there because mcdaniels was really struggling with a shot but his defense was really good and malik beasley provided the exact opposite beasley again beasley couldn't defend himself if he was in a in a uh paper uh paper bag but when his shot's going down, you put him on the floor. However, if you look at the minutes, they didn't have uh, Torian Prince uh, playing with uh, those guys unless, unless, Gerald, McDaniels and or Beasley was on the floor as well. He was the uh, cushion between those two guys. And when, exactly, when McDaniels started shooting well, uh, that's when they decided they didn't need Prince. However, uh, Prince with the Lakers provides what he did with the Wolves two years ago, not last year. Okay. You, you have, because... be, well, and there's camar- there's familiarity here too, right, Gerald? Uh, you played with Ooh. D'Angelo Russell. You've played with Jared Vanderbilt. You're not going to be asked to be this team's primary, primary scorer. You shoot six threes a game as a bench player, and that's all they're going to ask you to do and play your brand of defense. That's it. That's something I want to talk about before I bring Captain Joe into this. I want to go ahead and talk about one last thing because when you, it's a continuing theme, my friend. And as we do these deep dives on these players, these new additions, Sean, the one thing that stands out to me again, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, I'm not trying to, to rag on these guys at all. I'm just trying to tell people who they are, but you know, because a lot of people they always come up with this reputation. Oh, he's a three and D guy. Oh, he's a three and D guy. Or he can really do this, he can really do that. Check the numbers, because the numbers may actually lead you in a different direction. So, Sean, when I see he got his career worst 116 rating defensively. Again, going what we went off of yesterday with Cam Reddish. Again, going what we went off the day before with Gabe Vincent. These defensive ratings are not trending in a good direction before they come to the Lakers. My hope is that we'll go ahead and have them revert into the opposite direction. But this guy once had, uh, as far as Torian Prince, once had a defensive rating of 104. 
when I see 116 pop up for last year and it's not even close to whatever he was doing before, that concerns me, my friend, that they uh, that Minnesota might know something that we don't, just like they did know something with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it's, that's that's very possible, Gerald. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, they they re- let him go. He wasn't going to get his $7.4 million, so the Lakers got him for four and a half, you know. So if Minnesota wanted to uh, jettison – uh, a 37% free throw volume shooter because, you know, they made, they, so here's the thing, Gerald, life is about choices. And Minnesota decided to make a choice by investing very heavily in Rudy Gobert. And they made a very bad decision. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that decision, they had to abandon their original plan which was to surround Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards with defenders and perimeter shooting. And they blew that up. And as a result, there's the law of unintended consequences. And like Torian Prince is, I agree, Gerald, he's not the, he's not the touted quote unquote three and D player. He needs complimentary, better defenders around him. Once he has or better, better defensive, defensive scheme, scheme exactly, exactly. And I think that was also a problem too. Like, I'll I, do respect. I know he's from uh, from another staff, but I think I think Chris Finch is one of the most um, uncreative uh, coaches we have in the NBA, and you kind of see the results. I'll tell you what, though, great to have everyone here. It is the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. But also here today, good man indeed. He gets fresh off the island. He's got that extra tan going right Mm -hmm. there. He's fresh off of the Catalina Island, the three-hour tour. It is the captain himself, Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here with all the memes and the gifts that we've been throwing at you in regards to anything aquatic and naval earlier today and then we just hope you and the family had a great time at Catalina Island great to have you here my friend before we get into your thoughts on Torian Prince you heard the minor transaction going today say goodbye to Cole Swider Uh, up from the exhibit 10 goes Alex Fudge any thoughts on that as far as Alex Fudge being a possible long-term member of the Lakers planning well the term raw was made for Fudge Raw Fudge should be his name. <laughs> and Cole Swider has kind of given you his ceiling a little bit. So it, it's it's a it's the correct move uh, at this point. Let's see what Fudge can give us. Uh, and <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, Torian Prince is an interesting player. I've heard and read very good things about him. I've obviously watched him play to a certain extent, very effective in the corners. Uh, Energy is there. Very determined but, to be above 40% this year. From yes. Which I like. Very, I like his verbiage when he talks about And when, when looking at what we've discussed already in terms of what the Lakers' expectations are, what they've done is they've, they've brought in enough – 
50-50 guys to probably get at least two or three of those guys to fulfill what they need in terms of role players. So three and D, I wouldn't call Prince a three and D guy. I could say one time he was. When he averaged 104 on a defensive rating early on in his career with Atlanta, that's a 3 and D guy to me. When he's 116, Joe, as a defensive rating. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help. It doesn't help playing with one of the worst big men. It's uh one of the worst big men defensive players in Carl Anthony Towns and then obviously Gobert's a uh stat the de- uh defensive player. He's not really a guy that actually uh, scares anyone, especially when it when when the stakes are high. Um, Anthony Edwards hasn't shown that he's a two way player. I don't know if he ever will, but in in the year that Prince played his best basketball, it was in Atlanta, uh, a year where he played all eighty two games and averaged thirty minutes a game, and he was pretty effective. Uh, almost shot just under 39% from three, uh, averaged 14 points a game, and uh, uh, shot uh, just under 85% from the free throw line. So those little things actually do help in having some optimism in possibly him bringing that out, hopefully with a team of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which will make those things easier for him. And his familiarity with D'Angelo and Jared Vanderbilt will also play a factor in this. Uh, I believe at the end of the day, the Lakers are going to have players that are going to come through and there's going to be players that don't come through. And the ones that come through will cover the ones that don't. And I think that's what they did here. Darvin Ham has to put together a team here, a concept that makes sense as well. So we were hard on Darvin at the beginning and end of the regular season uh, made up a lot of ground in the playoffs. Uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting him to improve greatly on, on, on year one here, because now he's not going to have to worry about shuffling things unless it's for a main player at the deadline. I don't see the Lakers making any trades at the deadline in terms of team shifting type trade. Uh, unless it's a third star that absolutely is dead set on coming to LA and and that's the only place he'd go. Uh, If the Lakers are to make a trade, it will be to uh, cover, you know, maybe trade guys that weren't going to work or aren't working and allow the Lakers to add maybe another veteran player to help them on the, on the path from after the all-star break to the, to the playoffs. Uh, I, I believe that Prince will be effective based off of, the team setup. He does fulfill a couple things that the Lakers need. The one of the last things that we need to wait for is is the LA spotlight and the Lakers spotlight going to affect him as well. That's always a, a crapshoot. You don't know until it starts. Sean, I'm gonna ask you this. I know Z is brought up <laughs> as soon as I threw up the defensive rating. Uh she says, Can you see the stats where Prince was with slow-mo? Because I think those numbers were better than they were when they are separated. Okay, you, you you could throw that out at me. You could throw it out for Gabe, whoever was Gabe Vincent, whoever was thrown out with Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing out these defensive rating numbers for a reason. Okay, let's say with slow-mo Kyle Anderson, he was a little bit uh, worse defensively. 
But when your numbers are so high, like 116, what did we say for Cam Reddish yesterday? It was like 115. 115, you know, 118. Yeah, 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 well, his was 118, and then Gabe Vincent was 115. 15, when you yeah. see these numbers that are high, okay, maybe it's a little bit because they're playing with certain personnel. Maybe it's a little bit because of the defensive scheme. Maybe those things can translate. Maybe you can make excuses here a little bit. For the, but the thing is, even when they're playing in their most optimal defensive outfit, they're still not getting the kind of numbers defensively that you want. My hope is, is that these are all aberrations, that they'll all play a little bit better in a better defensive scheme. The Lakers did average what they were like in the top five in defense after the trade deadline. The defense was obviously a key in the playoffs. Hopefully those guys coming in and providing enough hustle. And if they go ahead and, and pay attention to the defense coming through a, a, a training camp, they can go ahead and make sure that they are able to go ahead and, and be in tune with what Darvin Hamp wants. I am hopeful that their defensive ratings go down because if it does, even just a three or four points in a certain direction, that could be a benefit to the Lakers and make sure that they stay in rotation. If they stay at 118, if they stay at 115, if they stay at 116, those are high numbers. And that really means that those guys can't play defense in the NBA. That's exactly what it means. Um, I'm assuming, I'm assuming the numbers will go down with the Lakers. I'm just assuming by them being on the Lakers, them giving an effort and the Lakers have a better defensive mindset than most teams especially also as well having ad there if he's healthy the numbers will go down I, I, yeah. that's what i'm assuming yeah all all gerald's saying is there's a correlation with uh, the defensive rating there's not a, necessarily a causation there are three different when you try situations. to make excuses well when yes. you try to make excuses with like oh well see with this no, player you can't, you can't do that it's like having it's like getting a medical report and the doctor says oh you have a regular heartbeat two months ago oh we'll just forget about that we'll, we'll, let's not worry no of course it's something to investigate and look into because it's important to know whether might have a, it's he... going to be a lingering problem or is it a one like gerald said is it just an anomaly he might have a worse defensive rating with with slow him and slow on the floor but at 116 your numbers aren't good with pretty much anyone else. No, it doesn't matter who you're playing with. You can play yeah. with all three of us. And if your number is still 116, <laughs> what, what excuse do you got? Exactly. So I'm just saying that these numbers for these guys coming in, you have to be aware of. Based off their history in each of these cases, they played at better defensive levels. They played at better defensive ratings. So I am pretty sure, Joe, and Sean, that these guys are going to play better defense, that their numbers will trend in a better direction simply by being on the Lakers. And yes, Z, he will be a guy coming off the bench to give you limited minutes. But you want to make sure, Joe, when it comes back, as I send it back to you, you want to make sure these guys are able to play capable defense. These guys are all under 30. There should be no reason why they can't still play effective defense at this point in time. Everyone knows their role. Everyone understands that there's a big pot of gold at the end of the year, should they play well. If the Lakers win the championship with this team and everyone plays well and understands their roles, uh, very, a lot of them will get paid. Uh, some might stay with the Lakers and most, some won't. And that's just how that will play out. If I'm Darvin Ham, that's 
what I'm preaching. If I'm Rob Palenka, I'm saying those things as well. Play well. Don't be an individual here. Win a championship. It's 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 like a shortstop playing for the Dodgers on a on a last year contract. You do that, you're going to get a 300 million dollar contract. Uh, in this case, most of these guys are going to get more money than what they're getting paid now. Should they win and be a part of something that that uh, that's showing their skills and their chemistry and and their play. And that's that's it. That uh, there's a, there's enough talent in those guys, guys like Prince and Reddish and Hayes. Talent. There's enough talent. Problem is always can they mentally focus and be professionals? Uh, I think LeBron and AD will demand that, especially LeBron. And if they don't come through, they won't be playing. And I'm going to assume that Rob's going to let guys go if they don't perform or cause issues in the locker room. And you can do that with these guys. They're not getting paid that much money. You can do that. you you got to focus on a championship this year. I believe this might be the last one. Uh, in the LeBron AD era. I just, I don't see, I, I don't know what to think about 2025. Uh, I feel like my instincts are telling me this is the last year that they have a chance at winning a championship because you also have to factor in that LeBron is one year older. We're not throwing that in a, a lot. We're not talking about that a lot. Where and Prince, well, now will it change with what unfortunately happened to Bronny? As well, well, I don't, I don't think that's going to change anything. Uh, f- uh, you know, again, uh, there have been, been issues like this in the past, uh, recent memory, uh, recent past as well, and players have come back and played. So I wouldn't be too crazy about what what's happened here until we, we obviously find out what, what really caused this. Could have been a freak thing for, for all we know. And if it is, then... You know, life goes on. We you deal with it and then let them make the decision on what they want to do next. As far as LeBron, uh, LeBron is going to play out the next two years. And that's not anything other than a catastrophic injury. He's, he's going to play the next two years. It's going to happen. Whether he retires after 2025 is up for debate. But Rich Paul did kind of throw out a feeler this 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 last month about the possibility of LeBron not stopping after that. But that's down the road. Prince, Reddish, Vincent, Reeves, these guys are going to need to take LeBron to the title. Take him to the playoffs. Make sure that they do their job so that he's ready to make a run in April, May, June. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today 
at LakerHolics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. You can catch him at LakersBall.com, plus Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, and Magic Man Sean Grice. Magic Man, uh, I want to ask you this. When it comes to Torian Prince, what kind of lineup do you see him uh, being in? I mentioned on in the chat, the world's best chat out there for Lakers, right here at the Lakers Fast Break, that I thought that pairing him like maybe a late first quarter when AD goes out of the game, early second quarter, pairing him with LeBron, Austin Reeves, Vincent, and maybe Jackson Hayes. Maybe that's kind of a combination that might work with him. Uh, so you have some shooting there. Gabe Vincent, again, with LeBron and Gabe Vincent, if they improve by three percentage points on those two guys alone, those two guys alone, if they improve to be 35%, or above, I think that makes a heck of a difference and a world of difference in how much easier it would be for the Lakers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it would be. And it, it, that, that's, that's a small change. That's not, that's not uh, uh, a tsunami at all, Gerald. It's just a small little change, just a, a t- tinkering. And that's all it would take. True words have never been spoken. I agree 100% with that. And uh, as far as lineups go with him, um, I think he, at all times, he either needs a Rui or a Vando beside him. Why do you think that's the case? He's not a focal, locked-in 3 and D player. Mm -hmm. He needs other defenders around him and the scheme as well in order to complement what you're trying to do as a team defensively. Uh, he's not hes not somebody who's like a Trevor Ariza or somebody like, um, like an Andre Robertson who I could just say C-22. 22 does not get to the basket for the next four minutes. He's not that kind of guy. But if you put him beside a Rui or a Vando, and then you have somebody like an Austin Reeves or a Gabe Vincent, uh, another rough, uh, rugged uh, perimeter defender. I think that's complimentary for him. And I think he, uh, surrounded by that, you get the best out of Torian Prince. But asking Torian Prince to be uh, your your primary, uh, like one of your primary players, uh, perimeter defenders and to be one of your best sharpshooters it's asking too much of him he cannot do that gerald okay uh, joe do you concur with what sean is saying in regards to that or did you have some other ideas based off his performance yes and you don't really need to he, no one on this team needs to be a shutdown defensive player other than maybe uh ad because he's capable of doing it that's right so that's it. Yeah, this is going to be a 2020 redux, in my opinion. It's just different parts. If you want to win a championship, you actually have more depth uh, on this team, possible depth, than you did in 2020. If these guys all connect, this will be a force. This team will be a force. And it will, and it's got youth other than LeBron. AD's going to be 31. AD's still young. So you got a team that's that's prime to play 82 games and then play a play a three-month playoff run that's the that's the great thing about this is this youth youth and depth it's just who
who's going to come out of the who's going to come out of the clan, which kids are going to come up and say, I'm, I'm going to be the boss uh, on my job. Imagine a farm, right? Imagine a farm. You have eight kids, you know, three or four of them are going to come out the gate. The other three or four are going to feed the pigs. Right. So yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see even as a, as a non Laker fan, just kind of interested in seeing how this turns out. There's a lot of potential good drama that could come from this. And Rob Palinka has set the table for Darvin Hammer, Darvin Ham and LeBron, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And now it's their job to come through. Uh, we still have one more signing left. We're still waiting on uh, what I believe is going to be a, a big, uh, so that that'll be likely the only change or, or bringing someone up from the, uh, the two ways, because again, we're still stuck with a three way. Three, yeah. Two I, don't, way I don't know. I don't see anyone uh, that likely will make an impact. In the, in well, the we have to do something. We have to fill the 15. I, I, I strongly believe the Lakers are, are bringing in some center. Big. Well, they have to have to bring two, two players then. Hey, go get Christian Wood and Biombo if you have to, I don't care. Because, uh, but no, in order to keep the three two-way players, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. you have to, if you don't have 15 slots filled, you cannot keep three two-way players at the uh, beginning of the season. Yeah, Jelani McCoy would be good right now. Oh my gosh, Jelani, <laughs> 20, 2002 champion. There you go. Absolutely. Actually, uh, as they were showing some. Uh, uh, was it uh, McMenamin? He had retweeted some video. I guess of uh, Anthony Edwards, and it had uh, uh, I guess who was playing was Goldilock. If you remember Goldilock from uh, from the early twenty uh, teens, twenty twelve, Anthony Goldilock. For that's what name, and that's the name we always forget about when we do our random Laker. It's hard comment. to say his name. Tier Brown was always my go to. Ah, uh, there you go. Tier Brown. Go. Uh, Lakers Laker fans do fall in love with certain players at least once a year. This is true. And it's it's always an overhyped player who's not really that good. <laughs> yes. Why did they let him go? I love that guy. Yeah, man. it's it's not good. And and you know, I'm tailing into the Laker Tom uh, post today too. Boy, did he get fried again on uh, his trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tom was it getting... his or was it was it yeah, his or was it, was it somebody else's? Because no, he tweeted Tom's. on somebody else. It was Tom's. Uh, okay. Tom's comment, I should say. So Tom is getting fried here. We're gonna to have to somehow get him out of the burner. And he, uh, and he so was after he that, was after Cranjus big basketball. Well, tell his ass to get back on the show so he can get I've, some backup here. I already asked. He's he's like it's up to him. So you can't you can't you can't be a baby boomer and and say how the current generation blows and you act like them. Come on, Tom, if you're listening, get your ass over here. Okay, so his latest article is the cons. Don't worry, Jamie's not coming. I would want him to. (laughs) He might be coming on. He's on stage tonight. So he said he'll try and after his gig to stop by here, here in a few minutes. So hopefully that'll be the case. But Sean, I'm looking at Laker Tom's article right now on Lakerholics.com. The the cons against two bigs. So, okay. He went from the pros to the two bigs on his most recent uh, article to the cons of two bigs. So, this is how far we are into the season. So now we got the pros and the cons of two bigs. 
obviously he's trying to weigh everything for you know because you see him all the time on twitter of his thoughts on that so that's fine well what have you but when it comes to Torian Prince playing some valuable minutes uh, as a as a guy that can spot up from three, I think it's crucial for him to go ahead and be right around that 40% mark. If he doesn't get, as Joe commonly says, and rightly so, about the lights you know, destroying your three-point percentage, if he is able to go ahead and bypass that and actually shoot near 40%, even with some you know suspect defense right now from what I'm seeing, even with that all is said and done, if he shoots 40%, he could be a key factor coming off the bench for the Lakers. He sure can. He sure can. And if we have like if 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 we have both Bismack Biombo and Christian Wood on our team, Gerald, I think I'm gonna need a surgical lobotomy. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to sustain that, I don't think, for the whole year. Okay, so wait, okay. His articles, Laker Tom, were the push for two bigs. Then the pros for two bigs, then the cons for two bigs. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fan sided. Yeah. It, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's like one giant fan sided. It's like, you know, Lake Show Life and uh, Lakerholics need to need to swap ideas because it seems like they're copying each other. And then, of course, as Joe was asking about. Laker Nation is copying our ideas as well. With far, are you far sure they did that, or was it just a coincidence? It wasn't a damn coincidence. They know what they're doing. <laughs> so why would they copy a show that only has nine hundred and twenty-nine followers at this point in, on YouTube? We're setting the trend. <laughs> are we? I hope so. You keep telling me we are. I'm talking well, about right. it from their perspective. I'm not talking about it from our perspective. They well, don't know you what know, the hell we're doing. Well, here's the thing, Joe, and and some people tend to have a misperception about this, okay? There is a difference between jealousy and envy. Catalina envy, Joe, envy is being um, coveting what somebody else has. In other words, what somebody else has, you want. Jealousy is seeing what someone has and being afraid that they're going to take it. That's what Lakers Nation is about. They're jealous. They are jealous. The difference is we are not envious. We don't give a flying French toast about Lakers Nation. They can go blow themselves for all I care. They're, I don't watch their product. I just see it every now and then, and they bore the, me. You know, copy, they, they me copy, copying us was, 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 uh, was really low. It's really low. You know? I'm not. I don't think they copied. It's like Joe. It's like saying, but you know, obviously we got to talk about. It, but it's very convenient the timing of it. But again, yeah, it's jealousy. I, it's jealousy. Well, let's I look can't. at the let's look at the timelines here. Uh, I, I Laker Nation, I believe, uh, started on YouTube in 2009. Lakers Fast Break started in 2019, so they have a 10 year head start on us. So if you want to talk about where we'll be in 10 years or six years versus Laker Nation. Yeah, I don't see how we're not going to be the trend, especially in Laker talk. It's inev- it's the inevitable it's the inevitability of the show's personality that's going to eventually take and I believe a lot of it will be driven by those who don't like what we're saying. Now the only difference is between let's say the schmucks on TNT like Charles Barkley and Shaq 
who don't do jack squat in terms of preparation, uh, will actually be prepared and will be prepared even more when we can actually use this as our primary. That's a scary thing. When I can actually do what Stone was doing, do you imagine that? Imagine what, what, what happens when we're doing what Stone is doing. And I'm really, really, really upset the fact that no one's picked him up. Yeah, yeah. That guy just, yeah. I, I've I've been around a lot of guys. Guys, I'm sure you guys have too. I've been around a lot of guys in sports. That mother, you know what, knows his crap. He knows his stuff because 99.9% of the time when I talk to people, they don't know jack squat. And most of them are on ESPN talking as anchors or commentating about why Jalen Brown's contract is good for whatever. Like, really? Like, why the hell would I care to hear why it's good or bad? What does that even mean? Like, just useless content. Useless content. And I've never gotten that from Stone. Stone is in your face in a subtle way, and he actually knows his crap because he put the time in. So... Oh, he's direct. He's direct. He is direct, but he's, he's he's he does it in a nice way. Whereas some of us will do it in a in a sometimes obnoxious way. I know I have that habit of doing that sometimes. You but, have? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, it's I whatever gets agree. your voice to go into that other, you know, volume. My octave, yes, yeah, octave the one, higher. The one that busts windows. The. <laughs> The, I haven't busted my windows. They're, it's right the, there. It's too hot <laughs> to bust windows over there. It's <laughs> right there. It'll just melt. <laughs> melt. I the, melt. I have to step outside to melt. Yeah, yeah. It's 160. The hell with here. the hell with this desert heat. Jesus, it's it's down here too. Luckily, I was in Catalina today, where it was 80 degrees with some wind. But oh, yeah, that's the the future the future of Laker talk is going to be us i don't know who does stuff like we do because at some point especially when it's a collective like two or three i mean it's a miracle that there's three here that's regularly here because most people bow out most people are not committed most people whine most people cry most people don't get their way and they turn into little ben simmons most people or argue so, maybe on lakerholics.com so just just know that just because we know you and we respect you, just like family members in my family, just like friends in my circles, when you do something that's suspect, you're going to get called out for it. Doesn't mean I don't love you or care for you, but if you act a certain way, we're going to make a, an announcement. Grow some nuts. Stop whining. If you want to understand what this is about, this is about entertainment. People who are watching this show want to be entertained while we also give them relevant information. That's what this is about. I mean, no one's talking about Prince in, in the Laker world, right? Why Why is that? Well, maybe it's boring to some people, right? Maybe. But when you're watching him play and you start feeling the hearing the, hearing the clicks that you heard on the show, that's going to register. Hey, this is what Sean said. This is what Gerald said. Now you're going to have a whole new respect for what's what the show's about you know and gerald kind of brought him down i'm, I'm reading youtube comments about prince if, if you didn't know who the hell he was 
you would have thought this this guy was Kawhi Leonard. It's wrong. It's wrong. There's to a say reason why guy, Minnesota he, cut his ten. You know, left him. You know, they they let him go. They didn't. No, they yeah, did guys don't get let go. Guys, guys that are three and D guys. When you say the word three and D, I'm expecting Kawhi Leonard type player, not to his you know ceiling, but a guy that can guard and hit three and and, and hit shots. This guy can hit shots, but he's been suspect on the defensive end. And we also have to factor in that he's coming to L.A. This isn't going to be in the Siberia of the NBA in Minnesota where everyone there claps whether you win or lose. Okay, The Lakers don't even like winning the wrong way, let alone losing. So the pressure is going to be there, especially because we need him to play well. We need everyone to play well besides LeBron and, and AD. And that's important. It's important to, to set expectations in a correct way based off of the information that we've watched, based off the information that's being presented, and also guiding how is that going to guide into a team concept with this particular player and his skills. If if you're looking at it from, let's say, his, his best attribute, which is the corner three, Okay, corner three. Again, back to what I was saying about AD playing the four versus the five. You play him at the four, space opens even more. Why do we keep talking about Christian Wood? Christian Wood happens to be a big that can shoot. Now you have AD at the four, Wood at the five, and I'm saying Wood because that's the only guy available to make this make sense at the money that we can pay him. Otherwise, I'd love to talk about other guys. So you have AD and Wood. In that lineup that are going to open the lane up, guess what? Now LeBron can get to the basket, which is the what his greatest attribute of his career is always going to be that. Now Prince sitting on the corner, why? Because are you going to you're going to have to figure out are you going to let Wood wide open or are you going to have an alley oop with with uh, AD? No, they're going to guard Wood, guard AD. Guess what? Prince is going to be in the corner where he, that's where he does his damage. That's where he's still been consistent at. Now what? Now we got to wait to see if those crypto lights aren't too bright for him to make that on, on at least a 38% clip. I mean, come on. This is, this is, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm, I'm speaking for Magic Man here and, 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 and Gerald. This is what we do. This is, the, this is the stuff I'm sitting around looking at sometimes when I have a break. Thank God for the, for the smartphone. I'll tell you that right now. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'm like, all right, I took care of some work. Let's see what's going on with the, you know, the intricacies of what's coming here. We'll see what happens, my friend. But excellent thoughts there from Joe Soro. Please go ahead and check out more when he's on LakersBall.com. And, of course, his own company, Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com. Magic Man, it's been alluded to that he shoots better from the corners. And if that's the case, Torian Prince, uh, is, you know, if that's, that's his strength, that's something that I'm hoping he'll be able to translate here is where he'll be able to go ahead and get a lot of shots from the corner. I know we had Vanderbilt. I know we've had some other players in the corner from time to time, but no one real player has solidified himself as the corner three guy. It would be nice if Prince could be that guy to say, Hey, look, I'm going to go to the corner. I'm going to be that guy right there. 
I'm going to draw the defense out. I'm going to hit you some threes at a 40 to 45% clip. I think that'll be a better for the team. May not give me as many reps or as much usage as I like, but then again, it's going to help this team win some games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the one issue, Gerald, is that when he plays with LeBron, they're going to have to figure out uh, where he is on the floor because he loves the left center as much as LeBron does. Yeah. Um, that's and usually that's the thing. Where... He's better even though he's more effective somewhere else. Exactly. exactly. As weird as that sounds, but uh, Gerald is correct. So uh, I, I think – Prince will have a good role and will eventually fit into it. But as Gerald has alluded to, I think there's just going to be some trial and error here. And uh, one of the issues is that, yeah, for some reason, Torian Prince can operate on one area of the floor, but when he's left center, that's, that's the, uh, the heat zone. Um, It's so strange. They're going to have to figure that out, especially with LeBron on the floor. If they play together. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glasser along with Joe Sorrell, Magic Man Sean Grice. Thanks so much for watching listening. Uh, before we head on out, I uh, want to go ahead and mention that tomorrow's profile is who is Jackson Hayes. So we'll be able to go into depth on Jackson Hayes, the promise that he might bring, the fact that Joe has alluded to time and time again with great satisfaction and myself as well is that he solidifies the trade to AD working out in our favor once and for all. It's like, an, it's like a little exclamation point. It's like a little cherry and nuts on top of the Sunday right there for you as far as what it does because he's now a part of Lakers. Young, athletic, big. What can he do for the Lakers? We'll go ahead and talk to more about him tomorrow when it comes to who is Jackson Hayes. Live Free says the new McGee. We'll wait and see, but go ahead. That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, I just find it hilarious that the Lakers have the 8th, ninth, and 10th pick of the 2019 draft. Hilarious, isn't it? I think that's just hilarious. (laughs) And a much cheaper rate than what those other teams had to pay. Absolutely. Yep. But uh, it worked out very well for the Lakers on that. Hopefully, these guys can fill out their promise. And before we go, let's touch on that real quick. You know, I know we'll touch on a lot more when it comes to Jackson Hayes, but let's touch on that. When you oh, do yeah. have the we'll eighth, ninth, and tenth. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this, Sean. When you do have the eighth, ninth, and tenth picks from that draft, mm-hmm. uh, are you concerned that you're just getting someone else's uh, discarded individuals, or do you think that you could find real promise if one of those guys hits out of those three? Well, like, to be fair, I think Hayes, Prince, yeah. You know what, Gerald? I, I think Jackson Hayes would be the only player described there as sloppy seconds. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other two guys have been on multiple franchises beforehand, uh, traded multiple times with Hayes. Joe's kind of brought it up before about Reddish and Hayes. He's like, he's like, those are the two like mystery bags on the Lakers roster. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. It it, it could be a good performance. It could be a mystery bag with those two. But I mean, we'll we'll discuss Hayes tomorrow. I mean, Hayes also fits into a role as well, Gerald. It's just whether or not he will be comfortable in it in LA. Absolutely. We'll definitely talk about whether or not he can fit that role for the Lakers or not. 
But again, we do have Jackson Hayes, Rui Hashimura, and Cam Reddish. One of those guys did, Joe, fill out for the Lakers, and that was Rui Hashimura. Is there a way we can find success with either Cam Reddish or Jackson Hayes? Again, we talked about yesterday how Cam Reddish, if there's a team that can actually fit, be a good fit for Cam, it would be the Lakers because we rely so much on transition and free throws. He excels at transition and free throws. So if there's any team that Cam Reddish can go ahead and be successful on, it's this one. Same with Jackson Hayes. Oh, I don't want to get too much into it because that's our discussion for tomorrow, but Jackson Hayes could also fit that parameter where you have not only one player in that 8, 9, 10 scenario that makes it like Rui does, we could have two or three. Well, I'll set the teaser on 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 Jackson Hayes for right now uh, in conjunction with Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish's issue is his attitude. And we've seen attitudes shift in the, in the past, even after two or three stints. So there's a possibility of that possibly happening, uh, i.e. Dwight Howard 2020. The issue with Jackson Hayes, according to the New Orleans Pelican fan base, is he's not smart. His basketball IQ is not good. And we already dealt, dealt with that already with Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, and, and that's what I was going to say. You took it out right out of my head. It, it's It's got a very Mo Bamba-like feel because you can't necessarily – now – I, I Javel McGee was known as a guy that didn't wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but he was never called someone with low basketball IQ. He actually was pretty darn effective and knew his role. And I mean, I I don't think he gets enough credit for playing as well as he did in 2020 for the Lakers. I think he was a big piece of that. His attitude too, you know, just everything, guys. These guys knowing their roles and doing what they're supposed to, when they're supposed to. I, I, I always compare JaVel McGee's role in 2020 like A.C. Green in 2000. Yeah, uh, He started the game and he just did the things you needed him to do and then the other guys took over the rest of the way. And it was it's invaluable how important those 12 minutes are those, in that first quarter to get the ball rolling, and he was really good at doing that. Unfortunately, Jackson Hayes, and I'll leave it at this, hasn't shown the – acumen for the NBA game. Whether that changes with the Lakers, it doesn't look good, but we'll see. We'll see indeed. We'll talk about the promise and the concerns that many people have, but the promise that actually Jackson Hayes can have, the promise that Laker Tom has as far as what he thinks that Lake, that he can do, and whether or not he actually will be the starter or is best suited as a backup, we'll talk about that on the show as well tomorrow. But, guys, been been a great conversation talking about Torian Prince and also as well Alex Fudge now on a two-way with the Lakers. Again, what does that what does that mean? What does the what's the meaning behind Alex Fudge getting in the two-way contract? Could there be something bigger in store? Could they be moving up to Colin Castleton or? and or Demoy Hodge to those two slots. You know, what is what is actually going on with that? Or are they just going ahead and making sure he at least gets some more cash before they ultimately decide what to do with him? Very interesting to see. But Joe, Sean, I'll start with you, Joe. Any last thoughts before we I, I, I Fudge was a guy that I wanted to see in, in 
in summer league. He's we a freakish. Right. He's a freakish athlete, and you can you can take something raw and turn it into something ripe. Well, it's why not? Cole Swider has hit a ceiling. Unfortunately, he's not going to likely be an NBA caliber player. He will be a European or Chinese or whatever player. And that's just what that is. But with, with Alex Fudge, there is something there that you can possibly sharpen. And I think it's a really good call and, and bringing him on board and seeing what he can do. There was a couple of weak side blocks that he did during summer league that I thought, you know, this freakish athleticism, I want to see more of that. Maybe you can harness that and turn him into maybe a, a Vando type player. Oh, it's it's worth it. It's worth doing that. Sean, aka Razor Ramon, with the toothpick right there for you. Hey, yo. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Are you the bad guy? Before we head on out. I I you know what? I don't think I could ever get away with that. Honestly, yeah, I don't think you can either. Uh, nah, I I know. I could never call myself the bad guy, but I like the bad guys. I loved Razor Ramon. Loved The Undertaker, loved Ted DiBiase. Uh, Jimmy Conway wasn't the only guy who rooted for the bad guys in the movie. So did I. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But any last thoughts, my friend, on the Lakers before we head out for the evening? I can't add anything uh, more eloquently than uh, Mr. Soro just did about fudge. Uh, hopefully there's a whole lot of fudge to watch in the uh, South Bay Lakers as he develops hopefully what will be a decent offensive game. I mean, you know, if you're not going to develop a jump shot, at least learn to finish a layup for God's sakes. Exactly. With his athletic ability, there is absolutely no excuse. And we saw it is definitely a work in progress. I'm actually surprised they, they did it to be honest with you. I would. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. So am I, I thought he would stay in exhibit 10 or, or, or they would, uh, let so they go. don't have to commit to it until the beginning right. of the season. Now, and now they do. But it's I, I think it's what you what you were uh, uh, espousing earlier, Gerald, that this is basically a relationship uh, building um, mechanism for uh, other agents or this particular agent to see that, uh, you know, uh, you could work with somebody like Rob Polinka. I think it's more to do with networking rather than, giving the kid uh, an opportunity. We'll see what happens. Indeed. I wish the best for him, hoping that he can actually find an offensive game that can actually get him and keep him in the league. We'll see what happens if that's with the Lakers, but going forward, no more Cole Swider. So we wish you well, Cole Swider. We also want to go ahead and again, extend our prayers and thoughts for Bronny James uh, and the James family. Hopefully everything is getting better and Bronny James is on the mend. Also want to go ahead and give a big shout out again to our good friend, Stone Hansen. Stone, if you're watching this or wherever you are, my friend, wishing you well. You know you're always welcome back here. The red carpet is always wide open for you to come back here at any point in time. I hope you decide to find, again, that love of the game of basketball that will get you back right here with us at the Lakers Fast Break. And also your own show, Upside Swings. Hopefully you'll decide to return there as well. I noticed the guys kind of gave you a send-off on today's program, but I say I don't give you a send-off for now. I just hope I will see you again very soon. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Captain Joe Soro, toot-toot, coming back in off the island, 
It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. I love those memes that we were given, Joe, today. <laughs> that last one on the boat, Catalina, that was a good I found that one. As soon as I typed it up in the gift meter, I'm like, oh, my God, this is perfect. This is perfect. Oh I thought they God. were lame, but if you like no, them. No, no, they were not. No, no, that, so a couple of them were actually very funny. Yeah, the boat crashing into the bridge. I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't great. think they were. I, think they, I thought they were kind of weak. No, no, they weren't. You know they weren't. That's <laughs> you know they weren't. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for watching listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll try to be on in a little earlier time. We'll try. I know we got some flack for it tonight from our East Coast viewers. We'll try again. We're not making a ton off the stuff yet, so. I do have a final word uh, for live free. Not lives. Sorry. Uh, and this comes from Ellen DeGeneres' uh, side of be kind. Be kind to indeed. each other. <laughs> Once again, it is the Lakers. Projection, huh? Yep, projection. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, no one threw her out of a window, man. She's like what, five foot two, a buck twenty, probably. Well, we're not in Russia. We're not in Russia. I bet the women. <laughs> we're not in uh, Russia. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, he, he, he fell. Out of an eight-story window, this rich oligarch worth four hundred million dollars just yeah, he just <laughs> fell out the window. Oh really? Oh, oh, case closed. <laughs> just an accident, of course. Absolutely. There you go. But it is a Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching this thing. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully at an earlier time. But again, no promises till we can make this thing a real gig. We'll try to do our best to accommodate everyone out there. But you can always catch us. It's not like the shows can't be watched. You can go ahead to Facebook, Trovo, Twitch, Twitter, and us right here on YouTube. Subscribe today. Hit Joe's BDIs down below to go ahead and get the latest <laughs> notification on Lakers Fast Break. I'm sorry I don't have an updated one with the little captain's hat. Sorry, it's just going to have to be the one right there. But oh, please. Okay, yeah, let's get the Captain Crunch hat on there. No, that's but then I would make it too small because remember, it's so small already. Oh, yeah, that's BDIs. true. Yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah let's yeah. keep the BDIs there. But we're almost there to 1,000. Please go ahead and help us out. Anything you can do to help us out would be greatly appreciated. But thanks again to the chat, the best Lakers chat that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break. Joe Soro, Magic Man, Sean Grice, Gerald Glassford. Again, we'll see you tomorrow. Having a good time talking Jackson Hayes right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.